What's poppin'? This is Logan Murdoch from The Real Ones. Um, we had a really good discussion with Raja Bell today. Unfortunately, on my end, I forgot to press record on the recording. That's my bad. So we're going to go Zoom audio on my end. And um, apologies, man, but it's a really great show and uh, tap in. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. What's poppin'? Real ones, Logan Murdoch here with Raja Bell. Happy Black History Month, man. We here, we made it. How you doing, Raja? I'm good, brother. Yourself? I mean, you're beanied out. Like, you're messing with me with my beanie. Like, you're beanied out, ready you, to go. You pretty much copied me, bro. Like, let's keep it a buck. I, you first pretty of all, much copied I was me. on I, the I, chat first. I was on the Zoom link first. It, can we confirm that, Sasha? Like, do we want to get into this? Do we want to get into this? Fair enough. Do, do we really want to get into this? Enough said. Enough said. You got the, you got the, you got the, um, got the beanie on today. You got the little flannel right now with some like taco meat showing. What's going on, bro? Like, are you, are you dropping an album right now? What, what is, what's popping, bro? Like, what, what is going on right now? What are you doing? What is going on? I don't know. Usually come in with the hoodies. Usually come through with, I, know. I don't know, man. I know, but, I know. So again, full disclosure. I was in there getting like to some housekeeping with my wife and okay. forgot we were potting lightweight. So this was like quickly, no shave, um, no haircut, like let's get to the shits type of stuff, right? And then yeah. secondly, it's a nice crisp 70 degrees I don't in South that, Florida dude. right now. I don't dog. Hear, what are you talking about? It's lightweight, about? nippy outside. Why why is it always nippy? Why do Floridians always say it's nippy when it's 70 degrees? Like we have Sasha over here in the Bay and it's freaking freezing. It's freezing. I don't, hey, I don't know why. I don't know why you say that. Is it to throw it in our faces? Is it no. to be mean? Is it what, to, like, what, what is your, what is your angle here, sir? Well, but I mean, I guess if I took it back like episodes and episodes ago, I couldn't throw something in your face unless I lived in the better climate. And you challenged that assertion weeks ago. So by definition, I can't throw anything in your face right now. What I'm saying is it is, it's all relative. And 70 for me happens to be crisp, bro. Like I got to throw on a flannel and a beanie. That's all I'm saying. Oh my goodness, Florida. Oh my goodness. It's so good. I got to put on a flannel at 70 degrees. Oh my God. Oh, oh I got to put on a beanie. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, wait, let me ask you, is is this a thing on the West Coast too? Because my boys, um, they want ski masks, right? They Mm. want ski masks that they roll up to look like like beanies that just sit on top of your head. Like you never even see the ski mask part. Where did that start? When did that start? When did that start? Yes. Um, I think it started on the East Coast, bro. Like we don't need, I mean, we don't need that for, for activities you know what i'm saying we don't need that like there's no real reason to do that you can go there's no maybe and use it but there's no reason to have a ski mask on just put a beanie on just put a beanie on on, bro and like honestly with global warming and stuff you really don't need a ski mask on the west coast unless you're in portland or something unless you're in seattle you don't need that in the the, the bay or in los angeles you i don't i don't know man but there's there's a there's a bunch of youngins running around Miami right now in 75 degree weather with ski masks rolled up to be beanies right now. I mean, it's everywhere. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I don't curious. Know I don't know. It's just not practical. And also, you know, they're, they're kids, bro. So it, they don't know what 
being what practical is and what not being practical is, bro. It's 70 degrees and humid, man. Like, why do you want the whole, your whole head to be sweating? Cause you wanted to wear a ski mask. I don't know. At athletic events at that. So and anyway, let's, I digress. Let's get to the shits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get was, to the shits. All right. So I was, I was, all right. So I was watching, um, that's a little hoop, a little hoop. And I was, I uh, turned on the, um, the Brooklyn Washington Wizards game. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's like the Brooklyn Nets are like up 18. It's a, you know, it's, I just think, you know, Washington Wizards, are, there's a lot of dysfunction and turmoil there. I'm just thinking like, hey, man, you know, Brooklyn Nets are going to, are going to win this very easily. <laughs> you know, I turn it off. There's no real reason to watch it. Right. Yep. Um, you know, then I'm preparing for this spot. I'm like, I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to prepare for this pot. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> I go back and look at it. And then I see that the, Brooklyn Nets fumble the bag. And what I mean by fumble the bag is they're up, what, five points, 12 like seconds 12 left. 12 seconds, yeah. Bradley Beal gets it, goes full court, hits a three. Ah, right? Mm-hmm. All right, no big deal. I'm looking at the clip. I'm like, okay, no big deal. Like, okay, they hit a three, they're down two. They still got a foul. Um, the Bro- they got a foul the Nets, right? Uh, Joe Harris. You know, he's probably going to throw it to Kevin. He's probably going to throw the ball to Kevin Durant, right? Kevin's going to hit a free throw. They're going to win the game, right? Joe Harris throws the ball, like, completely away, right? Like, Kevin's going one way. He throws it straight to a uh, a Wizards defender, gets the ball to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's hit a three. Boston Wizards end up winning the game, right? We all know that the Wizards... Go with the Wizards first. We all know the Wizards are going through stuff. I mean, you have we talked about this with Perk last week. Russell Westbrook's not playing well, his injuries. Bradley Beal's playing phenomenal, but it doesn't matter. Does this win? Is this a kind of win that like galvanizes the no. team? No. I'm over here trying no. to bro, I'm trying to I'm trying to get my Disney story right. You know, I'm trying to get my I'm just trying. Does this can this galvanize a team to be able to get to an eighth seed? Or all is forgiven because Bradley Beal, you know, mm-hmm. was part of a big time win like this. Does this, mm-hmm. this galvanize a team, Raja? Can I go now? Negative. No, that's a negative. Did you? You're on Twitter, right? You're a you're a tweeter. You tweet. You're a tweeter, right? You're a tweeter. You're a tweeter. Yeah, I am on yeah, yeah. I am on Twitter. Not very good, by the way. Um, yeah. but you tweet. Did you see the tweet that was going around last night with Bradley Beal? Um, as he wasn't being used in offensive possessions. Did you see his body language? Did you see the way he was like standing? Now he's still at 37, right? Yeah. He's still at 37. But did you see the disgust that was like emanating from his pores? Like you could, it's like one of those, like you could see his soul, like, like leaving his body every time he didn't touch the ball and just judging what was going on out there. He is done with that. That is a wrap. Like the win was a good win Um, for Washington. I would, I would tell you that, like Cleveland just popped Brooklyn twice, and I don't know who else it was, but they should have popped them. Was it Atlanta? Should have beat someone else? Should have beat them. So it's not like you, you beat the Lakers, but you beat um, you beat Brooklyn, and that's a good win for you guys. But to answer your question about whether that galvanizes the troops and they can now ride off into the sunset on this magical playoff run, Bradley Beal is now bought in, and all is forgiven by him. That's a negative. It's not. It don't. It doesn't work like that. Too much has been done. Like you, you can't. You know. Put that toothpaste back in the tube. So wins just doesn't matter. Like there's nothing that you feel like is salvageable in this Bradley Beal situation. Not a win. Here's the deal. Like Bradley Beal um, has not come out and done a Deshaun Watson and said that he wants to leave. Right now, everything about Bradley Beal, um, Bradley Beal's body language, and and the way he's conducting himself sometimes during timeouts as he sat over there on the scores table when everyone else was engaged, the the no dapping of players as he's coming off the court at times, like, and dudes looking around like, damn dog, like all that suggests to me that Bradley Beal does not want to be in Washington, but he has not come out and, and said that. And so, I mean, there's a chance that if Washington as an organization is not going to move him and he's just got to be there, that they can play better basketball and, you know, if Russ is Russ, you would think in theory they should be a formidable opponent every night. Like you have a chance mm-hmm. to win a game. But I don't think that the overall attitude of Bradley Beal is going to be changed by a few wins. What is what is the checklist of a player that's checked out? 
what what are the what are the signs? I mean, I, I we you know we I could speculate. I've seen a lot of a lot of players um, that I thought checked out, but someone that's in there. How, what are the what are the characteristics of some of that? Somebody that's checked yeah. out first to the general public, it would be the rumblings, right? Like it would be mm-hmm. you know sources say, right? Someone's leaking this information. Like where there's smoke, a lot of times there's fire. So like you're like okay, y'all be trying wait. to tell us there's no fire though. Y'all Stop. be trying to be like no, it's it's I'm just committed to the team and I'm ready to go and I've never said anything and. Uh, because you guys are really, you guys are really quick to paint a picture and a narrative. We talked about this last week, so like we have to play the role, which is like, nah, that we're we're good. Like, what's what's popping? But my homeboy's on the other line telling someone else, "Hey, man, like he doesn't want to be here." So that would be number one, Logan. Number two, like when you're in that locker room with said player, um, it body language, you know, whether whether he's got energy, you know, if you're an energetic guy who's usually kind of leading the room and, and, you know, got, you got a charismatic personality and guys want to be around you. Once you start to withdraw, like, and you're not engaged uh, with us in conversation or in jokes or in, you know, cool shit that usually takes place in a locker room, boom, big red, red flag, right? Like with withdrawn, kind of sunken into yourself in game, like the non-dapping of teammates. That's real. That's real dog. Like you start, you start, we've reached a place now if you're not if you're not dapping us up when you come off the field, uh, off the court, that this is bigger than the organization now. Like if this is starting Are to you affect saying, like, our relationships. If I don't give you a bow in real life, then we got funk. Is that what you're saying right now? Like if I don't give you an elbow or like a or like a or like a dap, this funk. Is that what you mean? That means I'm mentally checked out of the ruins. Means yes, I would have to talk to to T and and Sasha and see if like Logan Murdoch would be better else better off elsewhere, dog. Like, <laughs> like we're gonna be training. <laughs> we're gonna have to see if we got to see what we could get for Logan, dog. Like, does Perk want to come mess with me on real ones? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I might just facilitate that trade just for the good of the real ones. Just like hey, Perk, just just take this, bro. <laughs> but but I mean, you could see it in that video, Logan. Like you're talking about physical appearance like lack of interest real talk terrible body language when other players have the ball or you're not involved like we talked about last week i might not love my situation but i can't let that affect the way i deal with logan or i deal with sasha or the rest of the people on my team when we're in these games and once it starts to infect that arena um with body language and the like i think you have a problem and those are the signs that you're looking for so what do you tell like say you're if you're bradley bill's teammate right and I mean, by all intents and purposes, like Bradley's been good through all this. I mean, of course, like he's checked out, but come on, man. Like it's clear that he should be moved. Like I, I oh. feel bad for him every single time I see, right? Like I, I feel bad for him. Yeah. However, he's still like, you know, you saw the clip last night where he's just standing and it just looks like he's just, his soul is out of his body, bro. Like he's just like, I'm checked out. So as a teammate, how do you, how do you kind of, you know, Get through those. How do you get through that as a alongside a player that is like that is playing like that or that is acting like that? What do you do? That that's a tough question because um, you know, the first thing I think you should do is give the player his space. And I want to be clear, I'm with you. Like, I'm not judging Bradley Bill. I'm not saying he was, you know, wrong for any of that. That's you asked me the signs that you would be looking for. Those are clear indicators and and yeah. signs, right? Like I am I'm not mad at Bradley though. Um I think I would give him some space, bro. Like, clearly he's going through some stuff. Um, you, you're probably more aware of the situation and the ins and outs um, and particulars than we are from the outside looking in. Um, so I give him some space for a minute. And then at a point, like, maybe like today, like after a win or maybe we accrue a couple wins, like just, just hey, dog, you want to grab, like, hey, let's grab lunch real quick. Let's grab a coffee. Let's, what's going on with you, dog? Like, Hear him out, like let him vent it, like let let somebody. It's like a it's a relationship, bro. Like let him know that you're listening and you care and you want what's best for them. Um, and then you know once he makes his 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 pitch or he, he vents it, you know he's like, listen, bro, I got it, and we support you. Like mm. you know if you if you really want to be somewhere else, like you know we support you. The thing is like we're all here together, right? Like and we're trying to make the most of this. So like how can we do that and at the same time support you? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Kind of put the I mean, ball in his like court a good with that. teammate because some teammates will feel like, man, you think I'm trash, bro? You think I'm trash? You don't think I'm good enough? You don't well, think we're good enough? Be careful. Hey, listen, if you be careful what you ask for, right? Like, 
don't, don't do that. Cause the mom, he might say, yeah, I, I do think you're trash. So I'm not approaching anyone like that. Like uh, that's not. Hey no. Brad, Hey Brad, 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 do you, do you think I'm, do you think we're trash? Do you think yeah. I'm trash? Yes. And you're do. opening the door for the disrespect. Correct. So like, first of all, um, there are levels to this shit. Like everything. Like mm-hmm. unless you're Russ in that locker room, you know, damn well that you are at least one level, if not multiple levels below Bradley Beal. So don't pose that question to him. Let that man know, hey, dog. Like, have some self awareness. Have some self. We we mess with you, bro. I we mean, know. some NBA players do not have self awareness. So I'm just, you know. Oh, it's a it's a common fault in the NBA. It's a common fault in in pro sports in general, though. Like or in life. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess you you got to have a lack of self aware. Like to be like to have that confidence where, you know, you can miss nine shots in a row and then shoot the next nine like nothing happened. Like the lack of self awareness is kind of critical in that equation, right? Like you kind of have to be a little goofy up there. But but I mean, hey man, like it's a tough situation. Um, all you can do is try to be there for him, give him a little space, and then when the time's right, hear him out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we, we both agree. Do you think that he's gonna? You think he's gonna be on the team this year? You think he, you think Brad Bill's gonna finish the season out on the on the on the, on the, on the Wizards? I don't. I feel I like don't. it's untenable because it feels like when you know because even guys at first nowadays like. Feels like guys who even on their contract, like contracts don't even necessarily matter, man. Like if you want out, player has a lot of power and leverage. We just saw that with James Harden for better or worse, right? So I think he does get traded. Maybe he doesn't have enough leverage to maybe get or shit. Maybe he does have enough leverage to get traded where he wants. James Harden got traded to where he wanted to go. So I don't know where this where this where this goes. Um, I don't know where he gets traded. Um, I think at some point he's just gonna have to. Just ask for it, man. I mean, if he maybe it hasn't got, come out that he has asked for it, but it's just, it feels untenable right now, Roger. They need to do the right thing, man. Washington, you've had the man on the trading block, at least rumored. You've been rumored to have had him on the trading block for how many years now, Logan? How many would you say around maybe the trade two, deadline? Three, four years, maybe. All right, like you've had most him on of the his block. career there. Yeah, most, correct. Um, and now you're at a point where you're looking out. If I'm a general manager, I've sat in those. I've sat in there, like David Griffin before. Before I was hired to work with the Cleveland Cavaliers in their front office, I, I was working at Fox Sports, and Griff asked if I would come out to Cleveland a few times to just take a look at body language. They were trying to figure out if they had to fire Mike Brown, right? Mm-hmm. And so you had Kyrie, you had um, Deion Waiters, you had other players in there. LeBron and Camp weren't there yet. So I flew up, um, and I sat with Griff just behind the scenes, you know, drinking coffee, like watching the team, and I could tell. I said to Griff, I said, you got to fire him. Like, I like Mike. I think, I think he's a great coach. I was like, no, I'm, not, I'm not debating any of that. But they are tuned out. None of them are invested in what he's talking about. At that point, like, you're going to have to make a move, Griff. Like, and I don't know that that was the reason Griff made the move, but that was my feedback to Griff in that, uh, you know, I don't know, role that I was playing, like a consultant type of role. So... Like as a front office person, you're sitting, you see Bradley Beal. Like I'm watching that. Like, yeah, he's still producing, but I see everything about him and I'm behind the scenes. So I probably see him in practice looking like he don't want to be there and all of that. Like do the right thing. He's been there. He's done his job. He's, he's, he's never had a beef. He's never come out and acted the fool in the media and he's still producing. Do the right damn thing. Yeah. And when you talk about body language, that was interesting when you talk about, uh, you know, how that can, you know, manifest in practice and things like that. Is that why a guy needs to get traded? Is that why? Because it can infiltrate a locker room and it can kind of mess things up. I'm not saying Brad. Brad is all everything we've seen has been relatively chill during this during this time, right? But can that infiltrate a locker room and into the fabric of a locker room if someone is frustrated to that point? Yeah, it it, it definitely can. And we had this conversation. Uh, a few weeks ago about James Harden um, and you having someone in your locker room. Now, look, I don't, Bradley Beal has not conducted himself in a way that would make me think that he would go in there and make a, you know, just make a mockery of the whole situation. Uh, Yeah. I don't think he's going to do that. He doesn't seem to be that kind of guy, but I mean, the general disinterest that, that he showed in the game, if that's carrying over into practice, I mean, that in and of itself 
can kind of rub off and be a problem and create friction where, where, where you don't need it. And I, I would just double down again on, he's been a model citizen by all accounts the whole time he's been there. He's never gotten to a point like this, no matter how bad it's been. And they've had some lean years there in Washington, like as of late, Bradley Beal's never acted like this. If you're seeing him start to show these, like, um, you know, show, show, show these mannerisms and have this type of body language, you should know if you know Bradley Beal well enough and been around him, that something is really, really wrong and it's probably not repairable. Like it's probably time to let him go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think he should, you know, they should trade him at some point to the other side of this, Roger, mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets, they're second in the East, you know, they're doing, they're, they're, they seem to be, you know, working out some of the Kings at least, but they, they're the, t- the team that lost, um, after having an 18 point lead. Um, how does, and I feel like this is something that we talk, we talk about the Brooklyn Nets almost every podcast and there's always one of those teams, right? Every, every year that we just talk about more than others, they get a bit more scrutiny. Um, what kind of scrutiny does this Brooklyn Nets team deserve at this point? And if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you're very, you're new, you're, you have a, three superstars or, you know, arguably three superstars. And, um, you're trying to figure this out. What kind of scrutiny do they deserve? Like what? All, of, all of the scrutiny. They deserve all of the scrutiny right now. Like, you know what you have in the Lakers um, with LeBron and AD. And I'm talking about like stars. I'm talking about like guys who are faces of the league, right? So then, you know, the next, the next biggest conversation is always, it's Kevin Durant, right? Like yeah. he is, it's Kevin Durant. So Kevin coming off of an injury, his first year back, and then pairing him with Kyrie, who missed most of last year, already, Logan, like you're going to get a ton of damn scrutiny. And you should, right? Because you're putting those two together and it's championship or bust. You add Steve Nash to the mix, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and the debate around whether or not, like, you know, that was a good hire, more scrutiny. And, and like, sh- should be. Like, it's, I think Steve, I, I happen to think he'll do a great job there. Or they'll figure it out. But... Scrutiny comes with that, and it's deserved. Then you pull the trigger on James Harden, dog. Like, what are we talking about? Like, you're going to be scrutinized all year, uh, whether you like it or not. You, you, most of those guys know how to live in that space, but it's deserved. Like, they have to be. That's that's it's the way this league works, dog. Yeah. Well, no, I've you seen know? it on that side, and and I mean, I've seen it. You know, covering go to say covering Kevin. You know, every it, it just seems like when when you have teams like this, and I don't even know if the Nets are covered like the Warriors were, at least not yet. I'm not sure. But when I, I just remember even like the most, the smallest mundane things got a lot of scrutiny, right? Like you're sending this guy to the G League. What's going on? What's, what's, what's happening? <laughs> you know, somebody's not playing. Oh, what, what, what's up? Is he injured? Is, it, what, is he going to be out for a long time? Um, or just, you know, and even the stuff that happened with, you know, Kevin and Dre, you know, there's, it just seems like a lot of scrutiny. You've been around a team with a lot of scrutiny. The 2015 Cavs, mm-hmm. a lot of scrutiny there. What is it like? I know what it is from you know covering that level of scrutiny. What is it like being inside the belly of the beast when there is a lot going on? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really good question. Um, you wanna you wanna create an environment that insulates guys from from the scrutiny. Now you got to go do your media. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a, re- uh, a requirement that you're going to have to do. Um, but what you'd like to do is foster an environment in your building that is so family oriented, so protective of one another that there, you feel like there's some insulate, some insulation there, right? Um, both coach and general manager have to be willing to take bullets, so to speak, more so your general manager, I think take a couple bullets, put some stuff on, on yourself. Like we had this conversation about resting guys. Like mm-hmm. this is our call. This is not LeBron's call. Like we, we're resting LeBron. So LeBron doesn't catch the scrutiny in that. You know what I'm saying? So you want to insulate the team from that. And you, you have to take the approach that none, none of the only thing that matters, the only narrative that matters is the one that we create in this building. Anything mm-hmm. fabricated outside of this building is of no consequence and it should not affect us. If you're going to be reading shit and let that affect the way you come to work and do your job, we have a problem, right? Because that's other people's creation. Like what we do in this building and amongst ourselves is what matters the most and will dictate ultimately how far we go. The rest of that is just noise. 
how well because this was a year when <clears throat> excuse me this is a year when um you know you have a new coach LeBron's first year back in Cleveland um you guys don't get off to a great start that year right um you know everybody's working out the kinks they're figuring out their roles like it seems it looks like a team that all of a sudden is like oh man we just got LeBron I don't know if we have the infrastructure yet for LeBron but we have him he's here um how, what was the hardest part of that year for you? Cause you guys, I don't know how in hindsight, I don't know how you guys got to the finals that year, man. Like it was, you guys go on that run mid season, but right. you know, it, it, it didn't look great. Even with Kevin Love on the team with Kyrie on the team with LeBron on the team, how did you guys get through? And what was the, what was the hardest part first? What was the hardest part of that season? Um, it's a that, that's an that's another good question. It was tough early, Logan, because LeBron wasn't himself. You know, you could tell that physically he had went on a vegan diet. I think that that year, it's the year he lost all that weight, mm-hmm. and yeah. he didn't physically look like himself. Um, you know that that was difficult. And then, you know, we wound up having to trade a few pieces. Like we were trying to get figure out how Dion worked in that equation and whether he could be the six man and buy into that role. And if he wasn't, like, what pieces could we get? And so. You know, Jr. and Iman uh, came in and did a great job. But I think the the hardest part that year was getting everyone to trust each other, right? Mm, like, yeah. just getting everyone to trust each other. I remember, you know, for a while there, Kevin, you know, LeBron had made some comments about Kevin in the media. We're like, don't fit at, fit in, like fit fit out. It was something like that, right? And you know, I remember being on the road, like, because Griff didn't travel. So yeah. we're in LA, right? And I'm on the road and we're, we're like in a funky type of like vibe. Bro, like your LA sh- trips are trash, bro. What, just what? historically speaking, like when you talk about, you know, the just, just the playoffs in LA, you talk about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, just like, didn't you get traded when you were in LA? I got like, traded in LA at the Beverly Wilshire. Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's a bad omen. I don't want to go to LA with you. But go ahead. <laughs> so we're on that trip. It's funky. We come up with the idea to have like, instead of practice, let's take the team to like this cool, like bowling alley slash lounge. And let's just have an afternoon together. Right. So we're going to load up the buses. We're going to, we're going to take everybody out and just let off a little steam, bro. Like Kevin loved. I get a call. He don't want to come. I'm like, what, you know, what's going on? So I call Griff and we chop it up. And he's like, yo, you got to get him. You have to get him on the reservation dog. So, you know, I, I call Kevin, we chop it up. Um, and you know, the thing was like, Hey man, like this isn't going to help the situation. Like we, we have to trust and we all have to to buy in like, and you know, it's going to require some of us letting our guard down and it makes you vulnerable. Like I get it. But unless we all show a little vulnerability to each other, like no one's ever going to let that, that guard down and there's no trust that's going to be established. So Kev ultimately showed up. He wasn't in a great mood. Like, you know what I mean? And it wasn't yeah. like he was the happiest cat in the bowling alley that day, but he showed up. And that was a gesture of goodwill because dudes knew he wasn't really happy. Do you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, kind of after that, things started rolling. It it, it sparked Did it. Like the truck. Did he wasn't happy? Did that help? Did that help his relationship with LeBron in your eyes? I'd like to think so because, you know, it would have been real easy for Kev to be like, nah, dog, I'm not, I'm not coming to that shit. Like, I'm... I'm feeling it however I'm feeling. Um, whatever I don't know what of was going on behind the scenes in terms of, you know, those guys' personal relationship, but it could have been easy for him to do that. And if you do that and you choose to do that, you're basically saying, like, I'm not, I'm not part of this. Like I don't, I choose not to be a part of this. And I'd like to think that that Kev kind of saying, All right, man, I'm gonna take one for the team, even though I'm not in the best mind, uh, in the best headspace right now and, and whatever's going on, like I'm gonna show up. And you know, he gave himself up. And I think that Cats appreciated that. And we started to build that trust. And so by the end of the season, we, we th- those guys trusted each other. Yeah, what is... You're talking about chemistry right now. Does it take those those losses like the Brooklyn Nets just had right now? It ain't the end of the world, man. I still think Brooklyn is still a contender. This doesn't change that. It was just a, one of them losses. But... Does it take moments like this to build that type of chemistry? You know, sometimes maybe like a bad quote or something. And if they respond to it, if a team responds to it, well, does that help? Does that, um, does those, some of those bad moments help make good moments? 
Absolutely. If if you if you have the right mix of people, um, you're going to need to be tested like both physically and emotionally throughout a season, right? And phys- by physically, I mean being some battles, like you know, on the court, overtime, pull it out, you know, seven down with three minutes to go. Fig- you know what I mean? Like those type of wars that test your metal, and you f- you you either win or you don't. Um, but emotionally, it's going to take stuff like that. Like it's going to take the really tough, heartbreaking loss that is Logan's fault, and everyone knows it's Logan's fault. But no one will put Logan under the Raja's bus. Maybe it was Raja's fault. fault. Maybe it why, was his why fault. Raja can't but, have a defensive lapse, huh? Why? Why got to be me? I don't say that. I could have missed it three, but no defensive lapse. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. <laughs> 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 but like, yes, to your to like to answer your question, it ta- it takes those. It takes. You know, you and I, like, we're brothers. That's a family. I talked about establishing, like, a family type. Right. Yeah, straight straight up. And so, like, we might beef. We might get sideways. We might not fuck with each other for a couple days. But at the end of the day, we got to come back together and figure out, like, hey, man, neither one of us is going anywhere. We're And we still have a chance to do this. And when you, you know, you heal those wounds, it's like a muscle. You tear the fiber, right? And it's torn for a minute. But when it heals, it's bigger and it's stronger. Like, so that's... That's what that does for a locker room. Damn, you really you, you should be like an AAU coach or something, or like a high school coach or something. That was, that was pretty. You seen that? That was kind of fire. But I feel like that's the the difference between a good team or a bad team and a good team, right? And a well run, you know, club versus a not well run club. Because you're gonna have those moments no matter what team your type of team you're on. Mm-hmm. I think the good teams are the ones that can galvanize from these moments. The other teams that are bad, that don't have infrastructure, they check out. They're like, well, like Fuck that motherfucker. How about yep. that? I'm yep. gonna get mines. I'm gonna yep. contract gear. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. It's a frac it's a fracturing of the locker room, is what happens at that point. Like right with bad teams, right? Everyone mm-hmm. kind of everyone commiserates to their to their camp. I, mean, like, I wouldn't everyone, say even bad, bad teams, let's say bad cultures, because I've seen bad teams have great chemistry. It's yeah, that's probably a better way to describe it. It's like not bad good. cultures. Yep. Um I think that Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden actually have a head start on a lot of those teams that came together, like those big threes and stuff, because they're friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of like LeBron and, and D. Wade. Like, there was already a, 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 a genuine friendship there. No, no, no. So, yeah. I mean, like, in terms of being able to navigate the bad stuff, the chemistry oh, sure. off the court, right? There's a genuine like for one another there. I just, I'm going to say it again, Logan. I don't like to keep beating a dead horse, but it's got to be beat. Defensively, they have to do something. And whether it's personnel driven or it's, it's you know, uh, scheme, like something has to change there. They cannot, you cannot give up 104, was that 149 points they gave up? Like what, like you can't be, you can't do that. You can't do that and then in the next breath say, hey, oh, they're favorite to win a championship. No, that they're, they can't be until they yeah. get that figured out. Yeah, I think also what, what helps is, you know, you said the head start in friendship, but also these guys all played together this summer. Like they all were hooping in LA this summer, mm-hmm. same team, you know, working out together. That builds camaraderie too. And I think this is one thing where like Kevin's in the middle of this, where he's like, he's re- he's good friends with um, James. He's also great friends with Kyrie. And he's one of those guys where he's going to have, I think that Kevin's is going to have to um, just, just, just have, be more in a leadership role this year, just because he's good with both of those guys, and those guys don't know each other as well. You know what I mean? You know him better than me. I don't really know him. Um, you've seen him on a day in and day out. Now, while his role was probably not that in Golden State, that probably fell to who? Who? That was more Steph in Golden State. Draymond probably. Draymond. Uh, Draymond okay. is the one that like Draymond, um, Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Too. Uh, the, the 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 Warriors were in a, a case where. You know, their leadership obviously was a star players, but more more of it, like their heartbeat was also, you know, Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green. Um, yeah. Happens like that a lot. It, yeah. happen, it happens like that a lot. But so my question to you would be, and I asked Steve Nash this question because I, because I, I, he knows him well too, right? And so I'd yeah. ask Steve um, about like leadership styles and stuff like that. And so my question to you is like, does Ken, Kevin, who seems like a pretty quiet and reserved dude. I know he's got a personality. I just don't know what yeah. it is. But like, does does he is he able to do that? Like, is he comfortable in that in that seat? 
I think so. I think he just does it in a very, you know, like how when I say Draymond and uh, and Andre, like those are the guys that's going like get on motherfuckers. Like, hey, bro, do this right now. Like, do this. Yeah. I think that Kevin is the leader where, you know, he 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 will hold people accountable, but I think Kevin is a leader where he shows by example, but also, you know, he'll, you know, cop a rook some stuff. You know what I mean? Like take a rook under his wing and like put an arm around him and things like that. I, I think that that's more what, what Kevin does to younger guys and to help out with, with leadership and stuff like that when he, when he is in that role, I think. Um, he's not the bombastic leader, this guy. It's just like, oh, you know, and there's different leadership sure. styles and he's the one that, that kind of just puts his arm around folks and, and just holds down like the younger dudes on the low. Like, yo, right. what you need here, here, here. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what it is. That's, you know, that's, that's really important too. I do think, and I had said this to Nash, like real early in the process, like I thought with, this was pre James Harden. I, I don't know him really either. So he may be the dude I'm talking about in this equation. You need mm-hmm. the Andre Iguodala. Like, and I told Steve, like, I don't know what your cap situation looks like or any of that, but you know, if you're looking for, and he was saying that they needed more veteran presence and stuff, I said, you gotta get, like, Andre Iguodala's a name, right? Like, if there's a way you can swing that, because you need... He's already in Miami. That's not happening. He just got that bag in Miami, so that wasn't... No, I know. I know. But but my point was, like, to him, whoever can represent, like, that type of personality in your locker room um, that's available, I think they need that. Like, you know, to pair with all of that talent and all of that stuff, you need the dude that's going to be the rock, the dude that's going to sit there and, and be like, no, I've done this before. Like, here's how it works. And we all got to buy into that. Let me echo the coach's sentiments right now. Like, you're not doing X, Y, and Z, and I need you to do A, B, C. Like, you have to have that guy in the locker room. It does not have to be KD. It doesn't have to be Kyrie or James Harden, but someone has to play that role on a team. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't know that part, right? Because you have really... You know, maybe Kyrie, but I don't know, man. Like we no. we've seen what happened with no. this year. No. But James Harden's also like an understated dude when it comes to that type of stuff, right? He's not like some bombastic leader either. Um, so that's gonna be interesting to find that guy in the locker room that's like, you know, and that can kind it's also another thing, right? Because there's superstar players, and then you have these guys that are not superstar players. So I feel like you need those really good players in the middle, like an Andre Guadala. Yeah. to talk to those younger guys because they have a bit more of understanding what those younger guys are going through than maybe a super duper duper star, right? Well, yes, but I think, you know, you're also looking for a guy who's close enough to the stars level who can not, not just like hold a younger guy accountable, but say to the star, like, look, bro, not tonight. Like this, no. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, are, we yeah. suck on defense right now. This shit stops right now, first quarter. We need to wake up. You the know, someone stops here. Correct. You need someone who can do that, like for a Kyrie and a KD and a James Harden as well, when it needs to be done. I'm not talking about like 20 out of 82 games. It may only be three games that really mean something to you, but there's got to be someone there that has that DNA, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that uh, I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be fine, man. There's a couple trades left. I mean, I think that are to be had. I cool. think they'll be fine in that term. Cool, but, play um, some damn. You better get some defensive players. That's what I know. Sean Marks, you take your ass out there and get some more offense. And I mean, it, I mean, you take your ass about, out there and get some more offense. We got a problem, bro. There's rumors that they're going to get JJ Redick. That's all. Is, is what I'm saying. So I don't think there's defense is going to be at a premium. But you know, you might. But you just go score 170 damn points a game. I mean, you know, you're from the Mike D'Antoni era. I'm as angry long as the at other this. team has 160 points. I'm salty, points. dog. I'm salty. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. Tell me why I'm mad. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. Because we never won shit in Phoenix doing that. We didn't. We didn't win shit. Like, <laughs> we were a fun team to watch, but we, we, didn't, we didn't win shit. And I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. It's just a fact. Like, we didn't win when we didn't defend and we weren't a good defensive team. And Sean Marks knows that better than anybody because he was in the San Antonio school. They defended dog. Like they locked down and they were dope offensively. Stop going out there looking for offensive shit. You don't need any more. You need uh, some defense. You need some. Okay. If they can shoot and defend cool, but you don't need any more offense dog. You need defense. So the Matt Hooper is here, right? So he's always here. It's just whether or not he's, so I'm with the Matt Hooper, right? And I want to know, <laughs> how did it feel to be a plus defender 
we're not the most defensive team. How did that feel to be <laughs> to be like, yo, I'm one of the best defenders in the league, but our <laughs> team defense is shot. How does and like we not shot, but that is not our calling card right now. Like, how did that make you feel? Um, at times it was really frustrating, Logan. Like, really frustrating because, you know, in fairness to Mike, like we had game plans, defensive game plans. Like we, you know, one like we were just out there throwing the ball out and just saying we're going to outscore you all the time. We had assignments. Like, we had jobs to do. We had a bunch of mofos that for one reason or another at times weren't really interested in doing their assignment. And mm. that's that's frustrating for people who are out there trying to, to the best of your, you're going to mess up every, like, there are a handful of plays in a game that, that you just pencil in as being F-ups because no one could get them all right. But overall, like, you got to be putting forth real effort both physically and mentally to get this shit right. And if yeah. I can tell that you're not doing that and I'm out here trying to do it and I've wasted all this energy both mentally and physically and you just going to stand there and watch him lay it up, I got a beef. When do you decide whether or not you get pissed on a defensive switch? Because sometimes I see players like when there's a clear like defensive lapse, they'll just say next play, next play. Or it's, yeah. And then sometimes they're like, fuck. And they're just cursing and stuff. Like when do you differentiate if a player misassignment where either you're going to yell at them or not? Yeah, that's that's. That's tough. Um, I would say that, you know, defense, we're all, we, they, they use the term like on a string. Have you heard that? Like we're on a string. So like if I have to pull alpha my assignment to help, you know, you, then I'm trusting that Sasha is going to pull off of her immediate assignment to help me. She's going to get that close out. Sasha's going to get that close out. And then somebody's got to crack down on the big to make sure that he doesn't get the offensive rebound. If your big, TD big got, comes across. TD got that. So, right. We're on a string. Typically, the ones I think that made me the most upset is when I did my job in a helping capacity, right? Like I did mm -hmm. my job to help and no one did their job behind me to no help. No one me. helped the helper. That sucks because you're yeah. like, you know, again, I mean, we all take pride in this shit. Like I don't ideally want my man to sit over there and, and knock down 30. You know what I mean? But I'm stepping off of him to help something else. So if you're the next guy, defense is only as strong as your weakest link. It's cliche, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you just are, have no interest in doing your damn job, I'm going to start getting heated over that. That's the play that people get angry about. Okay. All right. That was, that was fun, man. Let's take a quick break. Cause I have, uh, I have some questions about a team close to Roger right now. I got some questions. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 PM and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Hey, I've got to take a minute to shout out the FanDuel Sportsbook. They found the perfect way for everyone to get on the action this Sunday. I'm talking about Big Game Bingo. You can claim your free Big Game Bingo card right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The card automatically fills up as you're watching the game. So once you've filled five squares in a row, all you have to do is call Bingo to claim your share of $100,000 in prizes. That's right, FanDuel is giving $100,000 in prizes for free. FanDuel is the exclusive home of Big Game Bingo, and your card is waiting for you right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. The app is so easy to use and takes less than two minutes to sign up. There are more ways to win on FanDuel during the big game, but there's no excuse to miss out on this one. Big Game Bingo is perfect for everyone. 
and you can win your share of $100,000 in prizes. And it's absolutely free to play, only on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And we're back. And I want to talk about the Miami Heat, which is, you know, near and dear to, to Roger's heart, close to where he's at right now. Um, near and dear is pushing it, bro. Is it pushing it? Pushing it. If it wasn't for the Miami Heat, you wouldn't have met Michael Jordan. Facts. Okay, I mean, go ahead. Continue. Right? So, Con- to carry uh, on. For sure. Anyway, so they are not playing well. They are near the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now. This was a team, I'm not sure if you remember, Roger, but was in the finals. Jimmy Butler, story of the playoffs. Miami Heat were. Um, not so much right now. And <laughs> we could we could say we can point to the quick turnaround. We talk about Avery Bradley injuries, just injuries all around right now hell is going on can 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 they write the ship are they a contender in your eyes are they are they no they're not a contender they weren't can they can they they figure it out enough to be a contender can they do this can they remember they were the darlings they were my favorite team in the bubble last year this is going to sound nonsensical right it's going to say because it's going to just sound ridiculous but i didn't think they were contender last year that's fair. That's not even ridiculous. That's not ridiculous. But I didn't. And, and even when they were like doing what they were doing, I like they kept proving me wrong. And eventually I had to hop on the bandwagon because it was just really cool to watch. But they should not have like by all accounts like been there. If you weren't, I would if you weren't in that bubble, they would not have been there last year. I think I can say that. I'm pretty it sure that's me. No, huh. it's funny. You're gonna probably cut off the Zoom call and probably never do a real ones again. But they reminded me of the uh the 0506 Suns in a lot of ways, right? Because you're, you're down a star. You know what I mean? I don't, I wouldn't, if you look that team on paper, I'm not saying that they're going to the Western Conference final, which you guys did. I was not expecting that. I think that's and fair. The overachieving, I saw in your face, you were about to like, yo, what are you talking about right now? You know how you athletes get, you guys get weird, but you, you know what no. I mean? Like, no, we got wrote off as soon as, as soon as, as soon as Amari was, was out, we were written off. Like, that's fact. Right. So, but I, and so and I, I see that also with the, you know the oh 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 seven oh eight Suns too right and they're you know you guys played really well um, you guys won fifty five games that year next year you won forty six it wasn't the same you know you guys weren't a, a, a power like normal and it should change for the Phoenix Suns then how hard is it to repeat a performance from the previous season um, you know when you do have those expectations like oh man well. Phoenix Suns out here balling right now. Oh, the, the Miami right. here balling. They could be a Bam out of Biles playing really well right now. He's coming into his own. In theory, this team should be better than it is, right? What happens? How hard is it to, you know, live up to those expectations after a good year? Yeah, it's 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 super it's super hard. I mean, it's it's you know, but in fairness to the Miami Heat, like we had we were getting back a star in Amari Stoudemire and some in that case that you're referring to, right? Like, and then we were afforded a whole off season to really dedicate ourselves to like getting healthy um, and working on whatever part of our game that we needed to work on to be better in our roles with the team the next year. Like the Heat haven't really had any of that. Like they're they're not really, you know, this off season was quirky and and really, you know, weird at best. And so I want to be fair to the Heat. I think, you know, what happened to the Heat was. If if they don't go on that run last year, I think you're talking about a different Heat team right now. You know mm. what I mean? I think so you're talking about like a, a hungry gift and a curse. It was you're t- you're talking about a hungrier, more dialed in Heat team than the one that made it to the finals last year and and thought they were already kind of at the promised land. In my opinion, not all of them, but some of them seem to think that you know we we've arrived, like we've made it already, and that is really 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 dangerous. Um, you know, you have to stay hungry and stay razor sharp, razor focused. And I think they were, you know, they were ahead of their, they were They're before their schedule. time. They were ahead of schedule. They were ahead of schedule. And so I really do think making the finals last year just put some of those dudes in a place where they're not, they didn't approach it the same way they would if they hadn't have made it. And then you didn't have the whole offseason. So this is what you're dealing with. So you think they should have instead, like, would have been better they lost in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference Finals or they lose in the second round? That might have been better for them, is what you're saying? Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals still could give you a little air of, like, hey, we're nice. We're, we're tough. We're tough. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think... I mean, they you know, did it. They swept Giannis, bro. They swept him. But even that, like, that's a flaw with the Bucs. I didn't see that as, you know, and I don't mean to, like, marginalize what the heat did but like i thought that said more about the bucks and what they need to figure out 
then I bought into the heat just being this phenomenal like basketball team, right? A sweep. Do you know what I'm saying? Like a sweep, Logan, like the sweep in and of itself in that round is an anomaly. So you will have me believe that it's because the Miami Heat are just this, this like all time team. I didn't buy that. I thought it showed the flaws and they really like were able to attack the flaws in Giannis's game. Um, but even getting to that point, I think there's a level for especially young players of like, yo dog, like, yes, we're, yes, we're on South beach. Like we're the heat. We're tough. We got the pink unis. Like, we're doing this. We're, you know, and you buy into that and you just take your eye off the prize for a second. It doesn't mean you can't find it again. The Heat have a culture that I would put up against anyone. You think it's a part of them filling themselves or, or all of the above, all everything coming? I think, what do it you all think play, I think it all plays into it, dog. You, the injuries, um, the lack of true offseason, the, the the bubble experience and, and the the success that you had in it and maybe feeling yourself a little bit. I think when you put all of that in a pot, um, you wind up with kind of what's going on now. They all, everything weighs into that. The Heat have a culture again that I would put up against anyone's in the NBA. Like even the Spurs, who I think do a phenomenal job with culture. Heat culture, heat way is a thing. They, you develop that, especially for new players in your system over an off season. If, if that off season is, is like shortened or abbreviated, like you don't have the same amount of time. So I imagine the Heat continue to get better as they continue to be indoctrinated, at least some of them, into the way the Heat want to do things. No finals this year. No, no repeat. No, nah, no contention no, this year. They're, are they no. pretenders? Pretenders. They're not even. Man. They're not even in the conversation right now. Right? They're not, and that's okay. I'm not saying that they won't be a playoff team and won't be like a tough out for some people, but I don't think they're contenders. No. Yeah, we'll see Do what you? happens, man. No, absolutely. Okay. I didn't think they were contenders last year. I was, they were. That's why they were my favorite team. Right. Team full of real ones last year. Real ones. Facts. Real. Um, there was something that I that I saw. Yesterday, you're enjoying that. Whatever that is, I, you got a smile on your face, bro. You look like you're about to have a good time with this. You put it in the chat. Mm-hmm. So, um, Aaron Gordon and uh, and Kyle Lauer got into it um, yesterday, and I told and I I brought it up to you before the show, and you're like, so. So what happened was, I would say, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry's running down the floor. And Aaron Gordon gave him a little love tap to the mm-hmm. was it to the chest? Where was it to? What would you say it was to? It was to yeah, the chest. I mean, that to, the was, yeah, it was to the chest, man. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gave him a little love tap, right? This was in response to the bubble when Kyle Lowry gave Aaron Gordon a little love tap, right? Is that is that fair game, man? It's like, how does that is that you just gotta show that do you have to do that? You just gotta eat that final, let that happen, Roger? Is that is that is that what's popping in these streets? Is that is that how it is? in the league sometimes where you just got to just show like, yo, I'm not, don't fuck with me, bro. I am a firm believer in staking your ground and not letting someone get an inch. I can't allow it. Let me tell it. Let me tell the story. I don't mean to make this. I'm in training. I'm in training camp with the Atlanta Hawks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This is my first year out of college, right? No, pretty much no chance to make that team. Um, and I'm sitting at our dinner, team dinner. Um, Lenny Wilkins talks, all these people talk, and we're sitting there. And God bless his soul, Lorenzen Wright's sitting there, right? And I'm a rook. And I go to take some butter with my butter knife. You know the little balls of butter when you're at a real fancy place? So I go to get one with my butter knife to put on my bread. And Lorenzen Wright quickly reaches for his knife and scrapes my butter ball off my knife. And I'm like, he said like, he said some, I, I don't remember verbatim, but it was basically, let me get that rook. I have no problem with rookie duties, dog, but you've now crossed the line. You've now crossed the line. I'm a damn grown man, bro. I'm sitting here. I'm a grown man. So I, I, pushed, the, I pushed the table and got up and was like, yo, bro, what, what you want to do, dog? Like, what's, that shit's not going to happen. And they had to, like, they had to calm me down, like, because they're like, yo, bro, they're going to have you out of here tomorrow. But that was what, like, I always was built on. Like, you're not going to just do that to me. So, like, K- KG, like, you know, KG was one that was going to give you one just to see who you were like. And I remember coming off of something and he shot me one like, and looked at me like, okay, what you going to do? And they're testing you. It's just a test. doesn't mean he's a bad dude, but they want to see who you are. Mm. So the next time down, I tried to fold him in his solar plexus with an elbow. Like he didn't even see me coming, bro. Like the screen was there and I made no play to get around it. Just take this shit. Uh. And you know what I didn't have with KG number? Ain't no fault. No problems. 
No problem. Was, was it to the point like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, hey, man, was leaving a dap up that respect? Yeah, I, I, we were never cool, like cool, cool, but we never had, there was never a problem. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and so you have to get that shit straight on an NBA court. Like you do in life, in my opinion. Like you don't, you don't let somebody do that to you, bro. Listen, man, as Mac Dre would say, I'm a grown ass motherfucking man. And there's a few things you must understand. They, uh, yeah, that's you know what, what it saying? is. <laughs> that's what it is, man. We're not going to do that. Like Amari and I had a moment, like, it's, I got to the Suns. Nobody knew me in the Suns. Steve was the only person I had played with, right? And so, you know, I come to camp, I don't know, a few days before camp starts. We're down in our gym, and something happens at the end of a game, and, like, it's a call. Everyone respects the call, and Amari is like, nah, like, Debo-ing it. And Amari's my man, but Amari was, like, Debo-ing it. And I'm like, no, not, nope, nope. Nah, I can't nope. do it. Nope, not going to happen. So, like, we got to MF in each other in there. Like, and people are looking around like, like this is Amari Stoudemire. He's like, there are people are like, uh-oh, uh-oh, don't do that. Uh-uh. And I'm like, like, I'm right fuck, here. I'm like, fuck that. that. That shit ain't not, not on my watch. Like, we ain't doing that. Like, that's not, you can't just Debo. You know, we're standing up. And so Amari and I got past that. But David Griffin and, and, and Mike D'Antoni came over to me and they were like, oh my God, no one's ever done that to Amari before. And I was like, I don't give a damn who it was. Like, it could have been Amari. It could have been damn, I don't know who the president was. I don't give a shit. Like, you ain't doing that to me. And so (laughs) that's just the way I feel about situations like that. Now, it could get your ass cut, but there are times where people will appreciate it and be like, yo, my man, he stands up for himself. Is there there a reality where it's like, yo, I appreciate what you did. You got to pack your bag, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, dog. Absolutely. And again, like, hey, self-awareness. You just got to know your spots, bro. You got to know who you are in that equation, bro. Yeah, man. They be trying to use that against you, though. Like, you know, a star player might be like, fuck you going to do. And, you know, and on a training camp invite. Oh, man. Der- Derek Anderson used to be so mad at me in like Spurs camp because I would be going so hard and he just didn't want to go hard. And they ultimately cut. You know me, what but you I'm- got, though? You-, you know what you got, though? Pop saying that you're one of the real ones that the biggest regret. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I pop is my guy. You know what um, I'm saying? But I think most stars, if I'm keeping it a buck, Logan, most stars are trying to see. They may not know it or not. Like they may not. Like they, but they ultimately want to see if if they can ride with you or not. So even if you get into that funk and you get into that beef and you guys get to fighting, at the end of the day, they respect that. Because they know when push comes to shove, like he's not going to let the opponent do that to him, or he may not let the opponent do that to me. And I wasn't going to let nobody if I could ha- if I could take care of it. Nobody was fucking with Steve, like nobody was fucking with Amari and Sean. Like if I had something to do with it, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not yeah. saying I could whoop everybody, but I was going to put my chest out there because that's but I'm try. those were those were my dudes. I'm gonna try though. Yeah, damn right. I rode with them, so I think they respect that. At the end of the day, let me ask you a question on another uh, sa- same topic, but I we didn't get to it last week. Joel Embiid crying about LeBron, like putting two hands in his chest and thinking he should have been kicked out of the game. Dog, did you did, were you team LeBron or team Joel Embiid in that? I just got to know. I think I'm team LeBron, bro. Like, why? I don't want reason why. Reason why? Like, I'm not gonna advocate for somebody to get kicked out, bro. It's not all right. You took the easy way out. Let me rephrase that. Did he do? Did the was the act egregious enough to warrant, like? Um, the level of of crying that Joel Embiid put forth after the game. Now, the result was he landed on his ass. Like, that hurts. But did LeBron do anything that was, like, that egregious? No. All right. What about you? What do you think? What do you think? No, man. Like, that... Like. Uh, don't let me started, man, because they're going to call me old. They're going to call me grumpy. They're going to call me, like, we already oh, know back, that, though. back we, in my yeah. day. Like, right, we don't want the yeah, league uh, to go back hey, to hey, that. Hey, like, hey, that was hey. too much thuggery Roger in the league. gets on Twitter, and now he's scared of the funk. Now he's scared Bro. of what the Mitch is going to say. Nah, but that was two hands in your chest with the light push. The end result was unfortunate. You felt, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, but I didn't think that that rose to the level of, like, an ejection. Like, come on, dog. Like, if that's where we're at as players now, I that's just my don't beef. like, I just, I just don't like when, like, I'm not going to advocate for nobody getting, right, getting ejected, bro. It's not, no, no, that, that's on, my dog. answer. I'm not come advocating on, for that. All right, man. Before we get out of here, though, 
every time I tweet something out about the podcast, my guy Barf always tells me, what about Minnesota? What about Minnesota Timberwolves? What about Minnesota Timberwolves? All right, here we go. Minnesota. All right. So that was another edition of the Real Ones podcast on the Ringer NBA feed. You can check us out on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, you can check check out everything on the um, NBA feed. That's the answer. That is group chat. Go to uh, R2C2 with with who? With who? Leo Legend, CC Sabathia. Damn right. And the Ringer Music Show, my guy Charles Holmes. We will see you guys later in the week. We might have some, you know, you know we got some, got some surprises and stuff, you know. You know, we got something for you guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say too much. You know what I'm saying? But you're going to, you know, I, see you guys on Thursday. <laughs>